I'm drinking um, rum and water. Oh, good. Yeah. Beer, water, and if I start to doze, my coffee and my Batman mug. Nice. Mm -hmm. And I'm drinking uh, gin and tonic because it's been a day. This so. should all be part of it too, though. <laughs> yeah, this is probably how we'll start it. Um, <laughs> what is your beverage of choice? Welcome everyone to the Miss Art World podcast. I'm Catherine with my co-host Samuel. What is up, T Pain? How's it going, everybody? <laughs> and we have not a better one, Katie. There, I was listening to an old podcast. I don't know if it was an old one. It might have been the last one we posted. But you said something that was really good, and I don't remember. Oh, it was like, it was like your pirate one that I oh, really. Yard. What's up, Miss Art World? Yes, I enjoyed that one way too much. <laughs> yeah. I'll switch back to a pirate one then. Okay, great. Um, you have to do the full episode though now as a pirate. So. <laughs> And then we have a super special guest today. I'm really excited about um, Hammond. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, Catherine. Uh, I said. Um, so Hammond. What's that? That's a good evening. Good so, evening. What Very time is it for you out there right now? It's 11 right now. It's yeah, it's late. <laughs> I, I figured that's why you have a beer. So <laughs> and coffee. And coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Hammond, before we begin, can you let people know where the best place to find you, like your website, your Instagram, you're super active, but give us your details so people can look you up before the podcast. Oh, so we're doing plugs right now. Hell <laughs> yeah, we're doing plugs right now. Because you're just too worried that we're going to forget them at the end? Exactly. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, so the best place would be my website, which is uh, HammondArtStudio.com. So that's H-A-M-M-O-N-D, ArtStudio.com. And uh, so I'm on pretty much every social media. Um, you can tell it's me when you've got the, uh, the Hammond written there in the black and white. Um, it varies a little bit on each social media, whether there might be an underscore somewhere here or there. Uh, but if you look up Hammond Art on any social media, or if you just go to my website, you should be able to find me. I'm not on like TikTok or anything super new like that. You don't want to influence the younger crowd with your art? I just don't even get TikTok. Like, am I supposed to dance? I don't know what, what's going on there. So I just stick to the traditionals. Um, I'm heavy. I'm most on uh, Instagram, uh, which is Hammond underscore art. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Um, I have a YouTube channel. I, you know, I post videos on there. That's about it. Um, but you know, so I'm on, I'm on the basics LinkedIn. So what would you, cause I, I went through your, uh, Instagram and I, I loved it. It's very colorful and, um, unique, but how would you just like for people that don't know art, how would you describe your art? Good question. Um, cause I actually, I, I forget because I'm in the little world that I'm in. So it all sort of, you know, I say abstract and I know right away what that is. So I, I pretty much call myself an abstract artist. Um, I do at times sort of teeter on a line uh, where I start to um, implement a little bit of representational, um, some, you know, uh, forms and things like that. Uh, but so I would say I'm an abstract artist. Uh, if you went to get more specific, um, I generally consider myself an abstract expressionist, um, mostly because that's where um, all my work starts. I don't know that it necessarily looks that way, you know, when it's finished, but that's definitely where the process has started and it has been that way for the last 10 years, so. Well, and I, I was reading your website um, and you were talking about how you're a storyteller documenting the human experience um, in the 21st century. And so abstract has always been hard for me because 
I'm not abstract. I'm like, no, I don't understand what is going on. And I loved what you said about your work because it was, it, it was, uh, it made it seem like there was a purpose. Like each canvas had a thought process or a story or a meaning behind what you were trying to say within that canvas, rather than just like putting paint on a canvas because it looks pretty. Um, so I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that kind of motivation within your abstract expressionist. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, there is sort of a uh, two paths that abstract artwork goes by and some of it is just, you know, for a sort of a, a decorative aesthetic, you know, uh, function. And, you know, you might, you might feel a lot while you're doing it, but you're taking in much more consideration about what might look good for, you know, within in, what, what are the hot colors of the year or something like that. And, you know, for a very, very commercial value. Um, when I started doing abstract work, uh, you know, I, I actually in uh, 20, 2010, I guess it was, uh, 2010 to 2011, 2011, I started getting back into doing art. I hadn't done any for maybe about two years or so. And so I started doing some drawing. I was doing um, some superheroes and I was just getting back into drawing and having fun with it. I was exploring um, superheroes and their vulnerabilities. And about six months forward, um, it was my birthday. Uh, my life had sort of changed a lot and there wasn't a lot of people in my circle anymore, not a people around me. It was my birth, you know, like I said, it was my birthday and I was alone. And I just sort of reacted and, you know, let off steam basically to, to uh, start doing abstract work. And that was really the first time um, that I had done, I had done one other piece of abstract work before in my life. And I, it was part of a class assignment. And I really didn't understand abstract artwork at that point in time in my life. I can just tell you, I just really didn't. I thought about a wrench for some reason and did some sort of a thing that I called a wrench in the works. And it looked sort of like a wrench and it was sort of, it was just this weird abstracted wrench. And so there's a big difference between abstracting something and like a more pure abstraction. And for me, when I discovered it in 2011, um, it was just a pure emotional sort of outburst, basically. I mean, you could probably, you know, in a lot of ways, consider it art therapy. Um, I'm sort of reluctant to call it that because, you know, I, I'm, I'm much more comfortable myself, which is sort of coming from the traditions of abstract artwork. And so, you know, when it started at that one point, and then it just developed over the years to be where... Um, you know, I would incorporate all sorts of ranges of emotions that I was feeling, uh, responses to things that were either going on locally to me, uh, whether it was, you know, something going on with a, a landlord or a neighbor or something like that, I might react to it and try and basically blow off some steam and, and try and draw connections to what was going on and how I was feeling to what I was putting down. And whether that was certain colors I was using, um, certain forms, uh, a certain energy about the piece. So I would try and sort of, you know, kind of link the two together and make some sort of connection. Um, you know, doing this for 10 years now, I've sort of, not, not that I've approached it in all different ways, but I've sort of gone the gamut of what can happen. I can go into a piece already thinking about something. I can go into a piece because this is what I do and I need to start a piece today and it develops into something. Um, you know, the story behind the piece can sort of happen anywhere point in time in the piece. It can happen at the very beginning where I've got, usually it doesn't happen where I have a preconceived notion. That's usually not what happens. I usually start working and I'm either worked up about something or you know, I just start developing and then maybe an outside influence, you know, comes into it while I'm working on it. So it, it can happen in all sorts of various different ways. Um, I've had the sort of the storyline about pieces uh, developed not until the end of the piece, 
I've developed pieces for, you know, a month at a time or more. And, you know, it can all of a sudden change in the last, you know, hour of not hour, but, you know, the 11th hour of the piece, it can drastically change. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, I know what I'm doing now. I know what I've been trying to express. And, you know, there's, I'm not going to move the camera right now, but I'm looking at a piece that was just that. I had spent like two years on the piece off and on before, you know, literally I did something one day to it and all of a sudden it then started to click. And then I just, you know, that one day's worth of work transformed the piece entirely to something different and it, it sits today as it is. So, you know, um, I've used everything from uh, experiences with girlfriends to um, lawsuits to uh, the death of my mother um, and, and the five days you know, that, that occurred over, um, you know, and sometimes my pieces are very just reactive and, you know, the thought, um, behind them, you know, it's there, but it, you know, at times it fluctuates, you know, at times I've really put myself into it and really thought about pieces and develop them. Um, and other times, you know, I do the same, but maybe it might not be as long and, so, so that's what you've been doing the same style for over 10 years. Well, the style, it's, I mean, abstract. Yes. Abstract. Okay. For ten, I will be 10 years. Um, this, this December, I'll be 10 years of doing abstract work. And so, no, it, it has, I look at it usually sort of almost like I look at my own work almost as in sort of generations and I'm probably in like the fourth or fifth generation of my work. And it's, you can see sort of um, noticeable changes. Now it's not like huge and drastic necessarily. I usually like to, when I sort of stumble into the next phase of my work, I like to try and make sure there's connection to the past work, you know, so you can sort of see a lineage, but I would mm -hmm. say at this point right now, the, the work I'm doing now, um, I would say I've been doing it now since 2017, since April of 2017. So this is the longest stretch that I've gone doing work that sort of resembles what I do right now. Um, I will say that I'm sort of on a verge right now of trying to figure out what's next. Um, you know, parts of what I've been doing has sort of at times gotten stale to me. So I've just been trying to sort of see what how to further develop you know where and where i want to take it next um i keep what forgetting was stage, what was stage one like stage well i don't know if it depends on if we consider stage one the drawings uh because the drawings went on for about uh a year and a half where it was just mm -hmm. drawings and was that uh, with pencil or uh ink oil pastel Oil, okay. Mm, that was with the superhero part, right? What's that? That was with the being superhero, like what you drew superheroes, you said? I started with the superheroes. I did oil pastel. Yeah, I basically, I've often been a very um, artist on a budget, maybe. <laughs> so like I told you when it had been about, you know, two years since I had done any work back in 2011 to 2010, 2011. You know, I had always kept there all my supplies and stuff, but I basically looked around to like, what did I have on hand? I had paper, I had pastel. I never had really, I did dry pastel in college, chalk pastel. Um, I did a lot of that and I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was a lot of fun. It was very challenging, um, but it also was so much dust. And I didn't really like oil pastel at the time back when I was doing that. And so I had some, but I figured, well, I'm, you know, I have them. Let me just go nuts with those. And so that's, yeah. So I guess phase one really would be the oil pastels. Um, when I moved to, uh, I moved to Cincinnati in uh, 2012. And when I did that, I was here for, uh, I had only been here for probably about six months, four to six months. I had a studio and everything and I had been working. I, I set up a studio as soon as I moved, like as soon as I moved here. Um, and I had uh, one day just randomly decided I, I had moved canvas with me, a roll of canvas across country because I had, you know, I owned it previously. I wasn't going to get rid of it. 
So I drove across country. And then one day, six months into living here, I randomly said to myself, I think I want to paint today. And I rolled it out on, I rolled the whole roll, what was left of it, which was eight foot long out on the wall and started painting. I tacked it up with, with uh, push pins up on the wall and just started painting. And so that was in uh, 2012, uh, summer of 2012. And so that would be the first painting. Hmm. So, and that method of painting on canvas on the wall, that went on for probably about uh, a year or two. Um, my, my background was actually in drawing. I had taken maybe, I think two, two painting classes maybe in college. And so I didn't really come with all the skills of a true painter. Um, I had never really, I, I, in theory could stretch a canvas, but hadn't done it, hadn't done it enough. Um, you know, I hadn't put together stretcher bars or any of that. So yeah, I just started with, with just canvas out on the wall. And so I did probably about five or six or seven paintings that were done that way. And then actually paid to have them stretched. Um, you know, I didn't want to mess with an eight foot canvas trying to stretch that the first time that would, it's a tall order. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say those are one and two generation paintings and you know, are of the abstract anyways, very different. The, the drawings are much closely related to what I do now, the first stuff I did, because they're very just, the drawings are almost chiefly expressive, abstract expressionist all the way. Um, just lots of energy. It, like I said, it was like art therapy. So I was just letting loose. I was trying not to think then at all. I was being very reactive um, when I did the drawings. I didn't even, at the time when I did drawings, I when I first started, I didn't even really look at colors or anything. I just grabbed stuff and just let loose and, and let it out. Um, it's amazing 10 years later that this is where I wound up. <laughs> so, but- uh, and You then, use acrylic now, right? Yeah, that's what I started with when I did that, when I was like, hey, I'm gonna paint. That's what I started with was acrylic. Um, and I, you know, I guess according to other people that was very graphic work, it was very flat. Um, it was sort of, there was no, there was no gradation to anything I was doing. It was just straight color. And I basically would take forms and have them start one area, be, in, you know, interrupted by another form and then pick up again. And that's how I was sort of interested in showing dimension at the time. Okay. So. And your, <laughs> okay, go Katie. Sorry. What, so. what was your question? I was just gonna say, do you think that when since you started with a like a drawing background, and a lot of your stuff that I've, I was looking at has very strong like it has a bunch of different dimensions, but it has very like strong lines like you are drawing. Does it come from you know it building upon your drawing background? Absolutely, I'm the line guy. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I started painting, that was like the thing, and. You know, a lot of people that first sort of get into art and stuff will be that's sort of a one of the characteristics that a lot of people getting into art might do. Um, you sort of hear that in your beginning art courses in college. Like I, I did life drawing is what I specialized in college. And, you know, if you were to do like the first level drawing course or, or life drawing course or something where people where you haven't done it, you haven't don't have a lot of experience. That's one of the like the go to things is to outline stuff. So I've known this for years, 20 years I've known this, um, but I was always still attracted to it. Uh, my earliest beginnings had close ties to the cartoon world. So that's where it sort of comes from. And, you know, at times it's been really blatant. Uh, as I've gotten older here now, I've tried to sort of nuance it a little bit more with, you know, from thick lines to thin lines. But yes, um, and, and a lot of my paintings and stuff is particularly when I, when I did the canvases on the wall, I actually, I did them on the wall, but I actually, when I first started getting into doing lines, I did them all on the floor and I did that for years. And so it was a really weird challenge when I finally decided to stop just painting on flat canvas and go to ready-made uh, canvases because obviously at that point then I use, you know, like your, your, your uh, gallery wrap kind of thickness 
ready-made. So that's like about an inch and three quarters. So you've then got that give in the canvas and you can't exactly always just like lean on a canvas like you could when it was flat and not stretched. Mm. So it, that was a, you know, a challenge and something I still deal with today. But the point of bringing that up was I often like to be very close to the painting in a much, in a, in a, I basically draw with paint. That's the best, easiest way to say it. So, yeah. I was going to ask you, and I, I don't know if I'm going to say their name right, but you're represented by Ray Contemporary. Ray. Ray. Ray um, with an S. Um, can you talk a little bit about that connection and when that happened and how that works for you and absolutely uh it's one of my it's one of my favorite stories actually um so i was uh i was working in in a uh, in a warehouse in downtown cincinnati in uh 2017 um i was financially speaking uh you know things were not looking good i i had the last 10 years, for the most part, I've always tried to just do my art, not hold any other types of jobs or anything. You know, I had I had that benefit when I started when I moved here. Um, I had a lot of life changes that sort of changed that quickly. And, um, so, you know, so things were getting tough and tight. And so it was in uh, December of 2017. Um, I did have a big... Uh, I, I did catch one big break because I had gotten a piece into a into a show uh, that I had not gotten into in years in the past. So you know things were starting to pick up, and I, I I'm trying to remember I I had won two awards at the show, and the the uh, communication with with Howard Ray's uh, happened right after that happened. Um, so early on when I started. I did um, LinkedIn and I would go and I would look for curators, directors, all sorts of people that were in our industry um, and try and connect with them. Some, you know, people that looked like, you know, maybe they ran a gallery that looks you know, like it might be a good fit, things like that. Um, so Howard Rays was a, uh, a connection of mine through LinkedIn originally. I had reached out to him. He, for some reason, said, OK. Um, and but I had never had a conversation with him before. And sometime within a, I don't know, a year or two, um, he had followed me over to Instagram. And so this was, I had only done Instagram. I probably started doing it. Well, I, I did Instagram at first in like 2014, but then ignored it for like two, three years. So I probably just started to really get into Instagram. Like I, I still didn't really know anything about hashtags. Sorry, I'm getting a little cold in here. Um, so I didn't know anything about hashtags or anything like that and was just getting into Instagram. And at this point, um, my work had gone through one of those changes, uh, a, a somewhat significant change. My work had been really super tight and I've got some back issues. And so my back was out for two weeks and um, how I, came back artistically was I decided rather than hunching over onto the floor, uh, trying to be real tight and worrying about, you know, real tight, nice lines and everything. I decided to almost go back to my roots and just get really expressive again. And I figured, you know, I'm not going to let my back keep me from creating art. So if I can't be all perfect and tight with my lines, so be it. And because I had been in this warehouse for a while, um, you know, there was a lot of graffiti around me. Um, but basically, so I started going back to being really expressive. Um, about four pieces in, you could really start to see a influence from the graffiti that was in the hallway and everything everywhere around me, um, which graffiti had always interested in me. It had been an interest of me. Excuse me, I'm not speaking right. Um, so, <laughs> so you could see the influence it was popping in, but I was not making graffiti cause I'm not, you know, doing any names or writing or anything like that. It's, it's gestural. And that's how I sort of made the connection to graffiti. 
And so, you know, after doing, I don't know, four or five of these pieces or something like that, I, I was a little bit of a ways into this body of work and just doing my thing. At this point, I'm desperate. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm hot. I'm just working. I'm just working every day and just painting to basically deal with life. And so, yeah, um, this was the, so the actual meeting with Howard was, um, this was the day after my birthday. It's funny, these things sort of happen in cycles or something, I don't know. But so this was again, uh, the day after my birthday of 2017. And I was in a bomb spot too, because I, again, I had another birthday that was by myself. And so I was in a low spot and like at 11 o'clock at night or something like that, I get a message through Instagram and it says, Hey, I really like what you've been doing. And I've been following you for a while, you know, and can you tell me more? So we started talking and you know, that just that one conversation right there went on for probably an hour that night or something like that. I'm not sure. Uh, he asked me, um, you know, he, what was really interesting about it was this was the first time ever that number one, somebody was taking a super, super interest. You know, I, I recognized his photo. I saw him like thinking, okay, I, you know, I think I know him. And so I'm just talking to him. Basically it was late at night. I was barely paying attention. I was just having a conversation kind of like right now. And, um, you know, as we got to talking, he wanted to know more about my background and, you know, this carried over into the next day. I think in, in all, I think we spoke for about three days. Um, and so, it, you know, he wanted to know about my background and I told him that I had done life drawing and all this, you know, all these different things. And that's, you know, so I had gone to school, but that's what, you know, I used to do. Um, and so after talking and stuff, he wanted to see, he wanted to see photos of what I did in, in college. He wanted to see photos, you know, all sorts of other old work. And so, you know, and there was a reason for that. I'll get to that in a second. Um, so, you know, after talking and after three days, he said, okay, well, um, you know, what we, you know, I'd like to um, show your work and um, can you send it to, uh, to New York? He said, you know, I'd like to take about five pieces or so and, you know, can you send them to New York? You know, and this was, so, I mean, my birth, my birthday's a week from Christmas. So I have somebody from New York that I've never actually spoken to saying, can you send me like five pieces to New York, like now the week of Christmas? So number one, I mean, I sort of was like, yes, absolutely. Any which way possible, I'll make it happen. On the other hand, I also, you know, you do have to be responsible for yourself in this, in this world and in a career, and you do need to do your due diligence. You know, Howard was a contact of mine, but I had actually not spoken to him and somebody wants me to send five of my paintings. It's, so, I, you know, I wanted to make sure that he was legit and he absolutely was. Um, I actually had a, a friend of my father's was in New York City and happened to actually walk upon their front where their sign is on their street, you know, outside where their gallery is and sent a picture to my dad. And it's like, okay, they're actually there. So, <laughs> you know, you want to verify that because you don't want to yeah, send. So, so you're saying I could have DM'd you and maybe got some free photos. Or, if you were uh, really, really good at it and convincing and, you know, put a sign out on, you know. Uh, on, <laughs> yeah. Your apartment window. <laughs> in my apartment window. Samuel Creasy yeah. Gallery here. <laughs> Stealing people, uh, stealing artist artwork for years. That's, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's all. And I'm, I'm slow to catch on. Um, what you actually, what they actually doing was they were getting ready to go to the LA Art Show in this for the 2018 year, and what they wanted to do was have the work sent to them so they could see it in person and verify, you know, that it looks like what they're seeing on a computer screen or their phone or whatever. And so that was part of the rush because that year, you know, this is late December. The, the uh, LA Art Show that year was early January, like January 11th or something like that. So there was a there was a rush to get it to them, to look at it in time, to get it, and then to then ship it to California. Um, and so that was the whole beginning. And the reason why they had asked for why Howard was interested in my academic background and you know photos of my life drawing works was because. Um, they actually have two galleries. So there's Ray's Galleries and it's R-E-H-S. So Ray's Galleries, that's their last name. They are, a, they are a, a family. They're in their fourth generation now, which is pretty amazing. 
um, you know, of the same gallery. So they've been, you know, they've got an 80 plus year history, which this wow. day. Yeah. I mean, that's a really kind of cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, what they did, and I really, it's, it's from the artist standpoint and just of a, of a fan of the art world, they've got a really cool model because, so they've got Ray galleries, which is the traditional gallery. And so, and if I screw this up, Howard's going to make fun of me, but <laughs> so Howard's specialty and, and sort of the specialty of the gallery is basically uh, 19th century French acad academia, academic artists. So that's where the tie-in comes to why he was asking about my academic background, because the traditional gallery is focused on artists from, you know, however many years ago that is, um, you know, that, that had that background of academia. You know, and so, you know, and I think they do venture out a little here and there beyond just French 19th century, but that's sort of the core of what they do. And he's one of, I believe, one of the world's experts in that area. And so, but what they also did, which is, you know, I think is a great model for a gallery and you don't see it really, is that then they also have their contemporary art gallery. And, you know, they've got, they've got world-class artists you know, under their, under their, in their roster, the, the technical skill of their artists blow me away. I just, you know, and I, and I, years ago, I worked in an art gallery that had world renowned artists. And even then, you know, I mean, it's, the technical skill is just, it's amazing. And, but that's the, the tie in there of their contemporary artists is that they also have the academic background and so um, with me in particular, what they were actually doing was they were, you know, sort of testing the waters and expanding. Um, you know, I think they had an abstract artist before, but they didn't at the time. And so they were sort of, you know, taking me on as their abstract artist to see if they could sort of develop that market. You know, best as I, best I understand it. And, and I am their only uh, abstract artist still at the moment, um, you know, which is a, a weird sort of thing in itself uh to me anyways i don't think it is to anybody else maybe i don't know um but so yeah that was the that was the tie-in to academia um that was how i had really sort of first met them um and then because i had just sent like five paintings to new york um i decided then i should probably also go to california number one it sounded really cool and number two i'd like to meet these people and also you know make sure my art's there and you know, so I did that. I went that January of 2018 to LA to the LA art show. And that was the first time I had gone to the LA art show. And I was, I was pretty blown away. Um, I had a blast, an absolute blast. Um, you know, met them for the first time. I met uh, Howard, his wife, Amy, and then uh, um, his son, Lance. Um, they, they sort of rotate what shows they do. Um, you know, and that's, that's one of their shows that they do that really has much more of the contemporary focus because they do other shows that are much more in the um, antique realm you know mm -hmm. so they, they do it all and they travel all throughout the year mm -hmm. um so that was how i met them the first time and have uh, you been back to the la art show every year uh three of the past four years okay yeah 2018 2019 i missed 2020 when you had your uh, oh. uh. you know truth is i couldn't afford it <laughs> i couldn't afford to go that year yeah yeah so. it gets expensive it is um, well we were able to meet this year which was super cool i got to see your work in person i was awesome. curious um because i feel like you've gone more than me uh, what did you think of this year versus other years, or was there even a difference in the show this year? Uh, yes, there was a difference. Hmm. Uh, number one, I enjoyed the show very much again. Um, so I enjoyed it very much again, like I, I have in the past, but there was a decided, there was a, def a definite difference. And for me, it was to be expected. I didn't think that you know, after everything going on in the last, you know, this being, this was the first 
big art show out on the West Coast, I believe. There was another one going on that week, but this was, you know, I, I believe it was the first big one out there since COVID happened. And um, so I was expecting it not to be what I had seen in the past. I know that they were about 40 galleries less than when I had last been there. Uh, when I was there in 2019, they had, a, I believe it was about 120 galleries. And I think this, so I think they had about 80 this year. Oh. So just the number of galleries was a lot less. You, were, you weren't seeing um, a lot of the international galleries as much. Um, the crowds itself, I think were, were good. I don't know. You know, I don't know what their their gate numbers looked like, you know, but I, I would say given there had been a pandemic and still is a pandemic, that their crowd was good. It was probably actually larger than what I expected. Um, Did you see any art? Was there a lot of art that like symbolized or like showed what people felt during COVID? Or do you think that's coming in the next couple of years? Because I know art takes a while to, you know, make. And did you feel like there was any of that kind of being alone? Like a response like to... Up? Yeah, to a re yeah, response to this event. Uh, no, I, I was shocked and actually surprised. Um, I did not feel a whole lot of sense of that. Um, you know, and it, it's hard because I'm there and I'm enjoying myself, but I'm also at the same time working so I can... Each time that I go, I could probably always see what's around me a lot better than I do, you know, um, from talking to one artist. I, I spoke to one artist on the basis that they were an abstract artist and I was really drawn to their work. Um, I'm usually, I'm a tough critic when it comes to other people's work. I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, I might, I might cheer you on, I might cheer you on for doing work but if I, for me to actually really feel something in it, you know, it, it's much, it's not as common. And so this artist's work I was really drawn to, and I think it was probably one of the bigger traditional paintings that was a big punch to what we were seeing at the show, um, visual punch. And so that being said, I, I was drawn to it. I went and spoke to her. And that's when I found out the story behind it and that this body of work that she had been working on stemmed from her losing her father to COVID. So that was one instance where, you know, you, you wouldn't have necessarily known that by looking at the piece. I'm, I'm not sure necessarily with the titles or not. I didn't really look that closely to the titles. Um, but yeah, so I mean, from afar, I don't know that you would necessarily get that, but with that work, there was a connection to the pandemic. Um, but no, there was actually nothing that stood out to me in the whole entire show, honestly that had anything to do with the pandemic that I picked up on anyways. There, there may have been some that I missed, but um, all in all, it was sort of a tamer version of what I had seen previous years. There weren't as many big spectacle pieces, um, you know, I, that I had seen in the past, um, but it was, it was a great show. But yes, there were, there were definite differences and I did not see COVID work that I, that I, recognized do you think your work has changed at all because you you said you do a lot more feeling based um and then you work on it for a while and then you you get the idea like it comes to you later on but did you see any of your work changing because of that because you did talk about you're in this transition stage right now do you think it's because of covid or do you think it's because of where you are in your life um so I think a couple, couple ways to navigate that question. Um, no, I don't see any changes in my work as a result of COVID and that whole experience yet, I think would be the best way to say it. I think I'm on the verge because of all that. Um, I did artistically, at this point now, I think I can look back and say artistically, and as from a career standpoint, I did not handle the last almost soon to be two years very well. Um, you know, you think, number one, because you're an artist, you spend all your time by yourself anyways, that it shouldn't be that much of a problem. And 
that aspect was still relatively true. I think probably compared to a lot of people. Um, I have a lot of alone experience in my life, so that wasn't that radical. Um, what I found, what I, the biggest summation would be, I found a really hard time concentrating would be my best way to look at it. Um, I still, I was working, but I jumped around a lot. I started a lot of things. I wasn't finishing as much, you know? So I know I sort of got to this part where I was, um, having difficulty with my own work for a lot of different reasons. And I've spent the last year and a half trying to figure out that this is actually, you know, I call it a, uh, you know, a block of some sort. Um, I still did work and I still did finish some work in these last two years or so. Um, but I definitely considered there was a block. I did not do the, um, the number of pieces that I've been known to do. I've usually been known locally to be pretty prolific. Um, I have often painted a lot. You know, part of that has been a change in, you know, more detailed pieces than maybe in the past, larger pieces or smaller pieces. So all those things will play into it or because I have a tendency to start pieces and not necessarily finish them. Um, I do that a lot. Um, so there was a lot of things that played with those pieces. What's that? What do you do with those pieces? When you start a piece, you don't necessarily finish it. Does it just kind of go in the closet or do you eventually well, work on it or just never finishes it? All these behind me are all in progress. Every single one of those, not a, there's not a finished piece behind me. Now, some of those, like the, uh, the big one that's behind me, that was started last year. Um, I mean, it has a path and I know where it's headed and it's backed out now. It was on the shelf. I put it on the rack, on the painting storage rack for the moment. Um, I just brought it out a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago or something, because I know it's in the lineup of coming up next. Um, I'm sort of focusing on like, I have like these like seven or so smaller pieces. I call them smaller um, that I'm trying to get finished now. I'm trying to knock out these seven that I've been working on. Two of them I've been working on for, I don't know, six months to a year. Um, you know, three of them I've been working on for, primarily three of them I've been working on for the last couple months, two months, three months, whatever. But like the big one is, you know, more than a year old at this point. So I'm gonna quickly explain the big one from what I can see from here, just because we're audio based, uh, you know, podcast <laughs> over visual. So it looks like there's a cup of coffee right in the bottom. Um, there's like a red ball. And then it has a bun bunch of different like pastel colors. We have uh, yellows, pink, big splotch of blue and back to a yellow. Oh, now I can see more of it. Cool. And then you have a green. It looks like it's on lined paper, actually. If you were oh, going you to... <laughs> yeah, I can see it. So it looks like you're at school and it's a cup of coffee or like a almost a complete cup of coffee that kind of fades away into it being an abstract thought of coffee. And then at the top, you have the big <laughs> black lines and then you have this very kind of, from what it looks like, it looks like scribbles, either like different people have written on this piece of paper um, to either pass notes or just write their name. And it kind of looks like you're in class almost. That's, you're, you're in the ballpark. Um, all right, so you guys are getting like, a, like an exclusive, you know, skinny, because <laughs> not a piece that has been talked about yet at all. It's, it's very not done yet. There's, there's, I'm going in some different directions with that piece. Um, I was approached by an old, old friend to do a collaboration. And I don't do a lot of collaborations uh, at all with anybody. And this actually was not a, a painter or anything. This was a poet, a poet friend of mine. And so they shared a poem with me and I read it and I was, you know, uh, on an emotional level, I connected to it personally and I was, you know, pretty blown away by it. And so, you know, we had, they said they wanted to, you know, do a collaboration. Uh, you know, I, I, at first I was sort of not into it, into the idea. 
uh, because, you know, a poem to painting thing wasn't translating necessarily right to me or something. But then I, you know, for some reason, I guess it might have been that next day or something that evening, you know, everything was sort of starting to simmer. And the nature of the poem was such that it, this is actually how the, in my mind, how it entered in. So the nature of the poem was such, it, it was a depressing poem. <laughs> um, it was sad. And so I had a canvas that I, all my canvases at this point right now are ready-made canvases, which if you don't know what that means, you buy it already stretched. It's good to go primed. You know, you can buy it not primed or primed or whatever, but this, you can buy it and paint it right off the, right off the rack. And so it saves a lot of hassle. And I always figured that was save time. I'm not stretching canvas. I'm painting canvas. Um, so that being said, you know, that's a large canvas. That's uh, 48 by 60 inches. For me, I have a small vehicle. So I got to rent a, a rent a van to go pick those up and everything. So I bought some more canvas at one point in time, went to go pick it up. I uh, was kind of a, a dumbass and didn't secure it correctly. And it fell over and it got a hole in it. It got poked through. Oh, no. Yeah. And I've got 20 years of art handling, you know, history professionally with galleries. And yeah, it was just a dumb move. And so I had a hole in a brand new canvas. And so it sat here for at least a year or more. And, you know, I didn't want to necessarily throw it away. And so that was when all of a sudden, finally, when this thing came up about a collaboration and based upon my my reaction to the poem and the nature of the poem, I thought, what better than a canvas that's already, quote unquote, sort of damaged, has a hole in it, has an issue toward a thing. I thought I can work with that and I can I can go somewhere with that. So you mentioned the the uh, the lined paper type thing. That was the basis. So it was a, a word, you know, not word for word, a, a visual for visual type of play off of the poem, um, you know. And so I started with that and I, I, I wanted to take the poem, but then I wanted to sort of make it so you couldn't read the poem or anything like that. Um, and just, sort, I was, you know, I didn't know where I was going. It was basically visual painting spitballing, but I knew I wanted to go with the poem. And actually, let me back up. Originally I'd started with an actual handwriting for, per handwriting uh, visual transfer of the poem. Basically, that's where I started. And then I was going to do my abstract work over it. Basically, that was how I started. Uh, we had a sort of a differing of opinion on collaboration. And, you know, and, and I'm sure part my fault because all of a sudden I had my idea and I was sort of like, you know, 100 miles an hour, let's go, let's do this thing. And, you know, so for whatever reasons, we decided this wasn't necessarily working or maybe I decided that. I'm not sure we haven't. I don't know that we've really spoken about it a whole lot since. But it wasn't working. But nonetheless, I was still totally inspired by that moment of reading it and being, you know, having that shared with me. So I basically decided the instead of the writing, I sort of did, um, you know, if this word took up this much space, I did the same thing in a, just a very gestural method, uh, manner. So it's word for word in terms of how the poem was written and a handwritten version of the poem that was shared with me. Uh, but then I just went gestural with the, the marks instead of any kind of actual text that you can read. Uh, but then I tried to abstractly bring in my own connection to that piece or to, you know, to her poem and what I read, um, you know, because it had resonated with me. And so, you know, there, there's bits and pieces of this at this point of things I've thought about or, or, or not. And then there's other parts of it that are just sort of pure artistic expression. I mean, when you talk about the pastel colors, this, that, and the other thing, you know, that some of that's just sort of a base starting point for the work. You know, it has, you know, a lot of that particular color has no particular significance or anything. It was just being expressive. Um, you know, that's the aesthetic part of me coming out, I guess, uh, you know. Um, but so there are, you know, that's how to sort of the, the pieces develop in my head is that, you know, I, I find a connection to the direction I'm going in on a piece and bits and pieces just sort of reveal themselves to me. You know, in this scenario, 
that would be starting with a canvas with a hole in it to me said sort of a damaged thing, which is sort of what that poem was all about and how I related to feeling that way as well. Um, so, you know, and there are, yeah, there's these red spheres and stuff. And, and so, you know, the hole in the canvas is actually going to be a recessed canvas. Um, there's a smaller recessed canvas, a smaller canvas that I painted that's gonna be recessed uh, you know, on there from the surface of the large canvas. And there's another where red. Is the hole? I was where just is looking the... for that. I yeah, was, I was like, like, where is, where is it? It's, like, yeah, it's not like a giant tear, but hold on, I, I will get up and. Oh, it's so funny because I thought it was going to be this like giant. No, it's like... a tear. It's like an inch long tear right there. Mm. Okay, so he's pointing at the. Uh, and eventually. There's purple color like writing over it like in the top right it's going to be recessed so on the other side it's going to pop through this canvas will wrap under and around hopefully fingers crossed and then there's some more things that are going on with it i'm introducing wood to the canvas um to adorn it and give it some weight and introduce a sort of sculptural element to it, uh, which is not something I've done before. I sort of want, just for this particular piece, I wanted to get away from the basic canvas, you know, especially since I was gonna plan to recess that one canvas into it. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued by the idea of it being heavy and visually heavy. And the actual plan is to, um, hang it, I don't know if this is a good word these days or not, but cockeyed, so tilted. I want it to be leaning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so, so this is where it's all headed. A lot of the wood has already been started, painted. I'm basically at the point of some more technical woodworking things that are not my specialty, like how to join the pieces. I have to get, uh, what are those called? The, um, the threads that you put, I have to put thread into the wood to then bolt it from the other side. Basically is where I'm sort of at. I, mm -hmm. the one thing I dislike about being an artist is when you have a new idea and you're like, but I've never done this before. So now I have to get all this new skill and research into figuring out how to do this new idea. It's very frustrating, very time consuming. So I, yeah. It's totally not work. I mean, that's the thing. I, I may well spend a year working on this thing and it just may be a total flop in the end. So I, I, I absolutely understand what you say because it can be on any sort of scale and level that you're working. This one for me is on a much bigger scale than is when I mean scale in this instance, I mean scale of a jump in technical proficiency, expertise. Like, yeah, it's, it's a, out, we're getting outside of the realm that I'm comfortable with and have experience in. So yeah, and it just may not be feasible. It may not work. I don't know. I'm hoping it does. Um, but I, I've often, you know, we, you know, you asked me a couple of weeks ago if I wanted to do this, and and of course, yes, I wanted to. And so I've been playing out these little questions in my head and whatnot, just thinking about what I do for a living. And you know, I talk about it all often. Well, often in the sense that when I'm in this realm, if I'm at a gallery with my art or whatever. So talking about my work is not that hard. Uh, the fact that I don't talk to a lot of people in the course of a week is a little harder. You know, like you guys are the first people I've actually spoken to today other than my father on the phone. So, um, you know, but a lot of what I do is problem solving. All day when, when I'm working on my work, my artwork, there's a lot of, you know, you start out, I start out with this gestural stuff, you know, but that's just the beginning. Then we start to develop it and everything, or I start, I say we, but I start to develop it. And then as you get into it, then you start, as you start making choices, okay, I like this form here and this form's gonna be, you know, this color or whatever. Well then, you know, as you start, the more choices you make, eventually you run into some sort of a roadblock where something doesn't make sense. And that's actually where I get stuck a lot, you know, honestly is that I'll be working on pieces and working and developing them. 
And then you get to a spot where like, okay, well, I've got this form that I need to attend to and address. And what am I going to do with it? What color do I want to work with here? Um, or, you know, how do I want to treat this form? But maybe what's surrounding it near it isn't really going to work with that. So mm -hmm. I either need to choose something different for where I'm going with this new form, or I got to backtrack and deal with this old form and change that. So it's a lot of just problem solving over and over and over again and, and doing all these you know, combinations of things and how do things work in your head? And then you try things and it either works or it doesn't. You keep going with it. You know, I don't do any um, sketches really per se. So I basically like my painting is my sketch from start to finish. And that it's all developed on the canvas. That's super cool. Nice. I'm very excited that you were able to speak with us or willing, I guess, to speak with us. Absolutely. Um, did you have a question, Samuel? I, I did. Let, I have one last question before we wrap it up because we're hitting that time. Um, any advice that you would leave to new artists? Someone that's just starting out, wants to be an artist, dead set, what would you tell them to help keep them going? Because it sounds, you've been doing art for a long time. You want to kind of get, that's one of the nice things about artists. Artists will, do it for a long period of time their art will change and things like that but a lot of people get discouraged because you know they try to Hard. sell it they try to become millionaires or something like that but art it's not necessarily that art is an expressions of oneself or expression of what's around them so what would you what's the one piece of advice you'd give someone i don't know that i could give one so i'll give you like maybe like three or so because there's it's a, it's a good question you know, it's a, it's a common question, but I'd love to give my, my two cents. Um, so first and foremost, I think you sort of need to, I, th I think you need to do it for you. I don't think you need to do it for sales. I think if you try and think I'm going to make art for money, I think that's a wrong approach. I think that's an easy trap to fall into. Um, so I think your best art comes from when you want to do art for yourself. You have something to say, you have something to express, you know, that being said, um, I think you should try and figure out, and this may change over time, but try and figure out best you can, what type of artist you want to be. I mean, if you're talking about, you know, you're just starting out, but maybe you're thinking you would like to have a career as an artist. I think it's best if you can try and narrow down what type of artist you want to be like when we talked about being an abstract artist we talked about my work usually has a lot of you know I, I try to put a lot of narrative into it versus another abstract artist might be very aesthetic based those are two very different things and so you know it doesn't seem like they would be but they actually are <laughs> and um so just knowing that and and being aware of that helps you to, you know, make decisions moving forward, you know, and the last piece of advice would be uh, the only, the one thing that resonated with me in my very first life drawing class, I had a professor that I, I wasn't a big fan of. He was very strict. Um, the one thing we had, it was life drawing class. We had tests on the body, the skeleton, everything it was horrible at that anatomy, everything tests had to yeah not good uh, so the one thing though piece of advice that he gave at some point during the class was that if you want to be you know again your question i i take that question and go in the direction of professional artists so you know if you want to be a professional artist you will have to work every day that was the one piece of advice that he gave me uh the one thing that really stuck with me probably actually in all of my college work from any professor this one thing he said you have to work every day now i will also say at this point 10 years later you do have to take some days off i have to remind myself of that um you know but there, there's an underlying thing there that you, you really got to work a lot you know so that'd be that'd be my advice those three things well that's great i i like the last piece of advice i think that's really important you literally have to work every day. You got to put the time in. Mm -hmm. uh, well, thank you so much, 
tell us again where to find you. Um, okay. And yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I'm losing my, my, it's getting dry already, but oh, no. so, and thank you both. Uh, you can find the best way because you can get to all the social media ways that way would be go, go to my website. Uh, I just launched it actually this year. I used to not want a website, just FYI to everybody out there. I went 10 years almost without a website, just social media. So that can be done. You can get to a certain level without a website. Uh, it's sort of at this point has sort of brought it all together to organize it is the best way I look at it. And it's at www, because I'm old school, dot HammondArtStudio.com. Showing my age there with the www. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Now you can go to bed since it kept you up. Yep. <laughs> Way longer than we should. Um, but thank you. And I'm looking forward to seeing you again, hopefully at the LA Art Show this next year. So it's going to be soon. It's, it's back on, it's supposed to be back on its normal schedule. So back in January again. So. All right. Well, sounds good. <laughs> well, yeah, bye everyone. You. Thank you. No, nope, we're not leaving yet, Katie. What's our information? All right. Well, if you guys want to follow us, we are at Miss Art World on Instagram. If you want to watch all of us talk to each other in little boxes, you can go to Miss Art World on YouTube and watch us talk to each other. Um, but you can also find us anywhere you can listen to your podcast at Miss Art World. And am I forgetting anything? I don't think so. I think that's it. All right, beautiful. Thank All you. Right, thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye, Art World. <laughs>